1: And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style.
0: Who was the first goalkeeper in the Premier League to score a goal? the number one podcast. Hello and welcome to the number one podcast, the football podcast where we focus on the goalkeeping side of the game, the view from the six-yard box. My name is Lloyd Griffith and my co-host is former goalkeeper and now journalist David Priest. David, hello.
2: Good morning. How are you? I'm very well, mate. I feel like my whole life's been leading up this moment. Really? I I do, yeah.
0: So all those years goalkeeping, it's like, do you know what, it's just so I can do a
2: podcast. I've I've just waiting to meet you to sort you do this together. (laughs)
0: I mean, your dream has been achieved. Uh, we will be answering that question. Who is the first goalkeeper in the Premier League score goal later on in the show? This is the first podcast, uh, just to let you know who we are. I'm Lloyd Griffith, a uh, current co-host of Soccer MSA Current, just in case it doesn't get renewed, that contract. Uh, you might recognise me from BBC Three's Taxi to Training and the every Premier League football fan in 90 seconds. I'm a comedian, apparently, uh, but when I was younger, all I wanted was to be a goalkeeper. That was the dream, but I was too short and fat. Um, I once saved a penalty from Matt Letizia as well. Not many people can say that, can they? Me and Mark Crossley. Oh, really? Both of the same size. they
2: you should have like, sort of like a, a meeting every year in a, in a little <laughs> just, society. Just me and
0: Mark? Yeah. How do you do it? Just dive to your left. It's his weak spot. Um, David, give us a little uh, brief intro about you.
2: Yeah, well, I was a goalkeeper for 22 years. Uh, started at Sundlands went to Aberdeen, Darlington, Barnsley, Silkeborg in Odense in Denmark. And then I uh, finished at Lincoln. And uh, since then, I've been uh, writing about football, mainly about goalkeeping. And
0: I mean, you mentioned that you used to play for Lincoln. I am a Grimsby Town fan, so at some point I will. Uh, you know, I definitely would have heard, hurled abuse at you um, at Central Bank or Blundell Park.
2: Wait, I wouldn't have. Uh, I wouldn't have remembered it if you did, because it was. Well, no, that yeah. no, no, I wouldn't have remembered simply because I got concussed when I, the only time I ever played at uh, Blundell Park. Really? Yeah, I think it was. Uh, I can't remember the right winger was. I went down at his feet and took the ball, and his head, his knee just hit me in the side of the head, and uh, that was me. Good night. And you're out. Yeah. Well, 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 I I wasn't out, but it was. um, That was my ninth concussion of of my career. Were were you subbed as a result? I was. Yeah. Who came on instead of you? Paul Farman, who's uh, who's still at Lincoln City. Yeah, but he's. yeah, it was. It was just. I, I knew by that point, I'd had that many that I knew when to sort of throw the towel in. Really, and uh, it's it's curtailed. Uh, what would would have been a promising boxing career as well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, Glass Joe McGraw. No, uh, no, Curtis Woodhouse career for you. No, not at all. I mean, I think I've got the I've got the face for it. Really, <laughs> I'm sure some people.
0: We'll disagree, but listen, we're we're teaming up and we're doing this the number one podcast.
2: I'm excited. Are you excited? I'm, I'm really excited because I've been looking for something like this for a long time. Yeah, and um, hopefully other people have, and we can give it to them. Because
0: it's hopefully, and if you're listening, hopefully you'll agree. There's there is like a real a goalkeeping market out there. You know, there's there's I'm I'm obsessed with goalie gloves. Absolutely obsessed with them. you mean, always have been. I'm obsessed with goalkeepers. I used to, I used to know every single goalkeeper in the league. Now I have to do a little bit of homework because there's so many of them. So hopefully, this will be filling a few people's uh, dreams.
2: I think that's the thing. It's been, it hasn't been catered for in the past. And what you're saying about being obsessed, I think that's the that's the key with goalkeepers. You do become, it's something you become obsessed with from from a young age. And it's whether it's like. A, a glove fetish, or yeah. or just being obsessed with a detail in a position. That, that, that's that's exactly what uh, how I became obsessed with it. It's just because I end up thinking about it all of the time, and every even when I was when I was uh, when I was playing, it was it, it, every afternoon I'd go f- home from training, every night you are always thinking about what was happening in that training session. So if I made a mistake in that training session, I was still thinking about it till the next day until I could rectify it. Well,
0: let's let's chat about how you got into goalkeeping. So, at uh, what age? Did you think, oh, I'm,
2: I want to be a goalkeeper?
0: Were you a footballer anyway and just moved into goalkeeping or, or what happened?
2: No, my dad was a goalkeeper. Really? He was kind of semi-professional goalkeeper and he was, um, and from a young age, all I was was just Roxy's kid. My dad's nickname was Roxy. So whenever I went somewhere with him to watch play football, somebody would say, oh, what's your name? I'd say, oh, my name's David. He says, no, you don't say your name's David. You say, I'm Roxy's boy. <laughs> so that, I just became sort of like a, a mini version of my dad and that's all I wanted to be. I just wanted to be a goalkeeper. Did you? Yeah. And then, how did it start? Um, it started in the uh, the dress rooms of a s- local swim pool with a teacher. Really? Yeah. Every good story. <laughs> um, yeah, mis- uh, a guy called Ian Swan was my uh, was the uh, the sort of PE teacher and uh, at Greenstown Primary School. I think I was about seven or eight, and he, he just said to me, "I've I've heard you you're not bad in goal." Uh, do you want to come to, to practice with us? I was like, yeah. I mean, this was like, I was probably playing with lads who were three or four years old and us. Right, okay. So like, I went in with, and, and played with them and totally crapping myself, like, you know, because it's at that age, four years, course, three or four yeah, years yeah. a big difference. And then uh, and it just started from there. I, I, I even remember the, making one save, sort of like we played with the two goals with them, um, sort of like to uh, I don't know, like four foot high posts. And I remember tipping one over the bar. And, and that's, that's where it started. That's exactly where it started, yeah.
0: And so, w- when you were that age growing up, you wanted to be a goalkeeper. Who, was, who, who did you look up to? Who were your idols?
2: Uh, first one was Bruce gobbler, Really, simply because I mean Liverpool at the time they were they were winning everything. They were probably the the team that you I saw on TV the most. And, and my earliest memories of goalkeeping w- were the European Cup finals uh, yeah. that Liverpool were in, and um, and and. It's probably because of his character as well. Yeah. I, I don't know whether I picked up that on that at the time, but it was he was um he was different and that's what's drew me to the to the position in the first place as well. I didn't want to be the same as everyone else. I didn't want to dress the same as everyone else. I didn't want to, uh, you know, so he, obviously a goalkeeper year, you, you, you wear different things. I want to wear gloves. I want to be a bit different. And and, and that's exactly what he was. Yeah. He was totally different from anything else around at
0: that time. And I think that a lot of people, when they think about goalkeepers, they think about, oh, they are different. They're crazy. They stand out from the crowd. That You know, even to be able to dive at people's feet or dive at balls, you know, you have to be a bit eccentric. Um,
2: yeah, but I, I think that's, um, it's kind of a, a brilliant British thing, I think, because if you look everywhere else, it's sort of like Germany and Russia, places with a great history of great goalkeepers, they're sort of really venerated. Like you know, it's, yeah. it's like they they held up as much as what strikers are. And, yeah. and whereas I don't want to say like we're, we're second class citizens in football terms, but it's like it's you, you are just seen as the worst footballer on the pitch. That's where yeah. we saw it.
0: Even if you think it like magazines like Four Four Two. They never incorporate the goalkeeper into that formation. When you look at formations, they're never talked about. It's, you know, I mean, this is a lazy stereotype. It was always the fat kid goes in goal or the person that wasn't as good goes in goal. Whereas nowadays, and I think we'll talk about this, maybe not today, but in future podcasts, it's changed. The landscape's completely changed. I mean, goalkeepers are as thin as the strikers and probably more athletic than the midfielders in in, in some cases.
2: What you've got now is you've got, goalkeepers out there who are making kids want to be goalkeepers yeah. that, that's important they want you, you need to have role models and poster boys and, and having people like um, Edison now Neuer yeah. David Gere people are going around with goal, goalie tops on now yeah. rather than just road field shirts Growing up my idol um,
0: Peter Schmeichel without a shadow of a doubt I absolutely adored him and still do, still absolutely do. I wrote a Christmas card to him when I was like nine years old, eight, eight or nine years old. Well, you didn't um, get a reply though. Got no reply back now. Absolutely livid. But even now, like I still, <laughs> I've, I still collect Peter Schmichael memorabilia. It's really weird. And also, obviously, I'm a comedian now. I think that is this, in the same vein as being a goalkeeper. Just want to stand out, take the limelight. So I think there is that.
2: Oh, there is. It's it's kind of like a. Uh, Gigi Buffon said about it's a masochism. You yeah. know, you, you put yourself out there to be shut down, like you know, and it's it is it, a lot of pressure on you. And there's, it's probably a, a, you're right. There's a, a real similarity between you going on stage and and dying. Yeah, I'm not saying man. that's what you do. You know, no, obviously you don't do I mean, that here, not now. But it's the same. Yeah, but it's the same, yeah, same, same as when you, when you're a goalkeeper that uh, when you when you make a huge mistake. Yeah, do you know what I mean and. And I've had those moments on many occasions. I mean, the very first time, I, my first game live on Sky was for Darlington against Wolves in the FA Cup. And I made the biggest one, the biggest ricks of my career. <laughs> and, I mean, it, the next day was just a blur to me. I went out and I think it, was, it must be about 19, maybe 2021. 20, and then I remember going out and buying Paul Merson's autobiography. I think it was called Addicted or something like that. Oh, really? Yeah, and I went out and uh, sat in a pub Ordered myself a Guinness and read the whole book in one day, and
0: and got drunk.
2: Yeah, yeah. Just because you wanted to forget it, <sighs> I, I, I think. Well, yeah, I did want to forget it, but I it just it it, it it affects you that much. I think you you know, as a goalkeeper, the biggest thing you have in your armory is is kind of um, a mental strength. Yeah, and uh, making a mistake or dying on stage, you've got to have that. You've got to have that mental strength. Think right. I'm, I'm willing to put myself up there and yeah. do it all over again. And I think more um more than any other uh, position, you know, what we do yeah. and what we've done in our careers
0: is exactly the same. And how do you? It's it's how you recover from it. Like I, I didn't think I'd be talking about um, Sarah Milliken in this goalkeeping podcast, but <laughs> um, northeast uh, compatriot as you are. Yeah. She's from Newcastle, obviously. So still, you know, same thing isn't it. it
2: uh, not quite. Okay, no, fair right. enough. Let's move
0: on quickly. She's got a thing called Millikan's Law, where if you have a bad gig, she gives uh, she says she gives herself until 11 o'clock the next day to get over it. And I've spoken to a few goalkeepers in the past, and they like, look, I give myself a certain amount of time, and then I'm like, right, that is it. Move on. Move on to the next day. Yeah. But I guess if it's a platform like where you're on Sky,
2: and it's the first time you're on there,
0: you know, you want to... You want to do well. What was the what was the what was the clangor? What was what happened?
2: Um, it was a long it was a long goal, uh, free kick by uh, Mike Stowell, the Wolves goalkeeper, and just pumped it forward. And it was going out centre half, Andy Crosby, and he just went to head the ball back to me. And he's headed the ball back, and as it's bounced in front of me, it's just um, it hasn't bounced basically because right. the, the the pitch at the time was was a titty feel like light, you know what I mean. Yeah. It was it it was there was a lot of um, water on the pitch, and it just sort of as I went down to pick it up. I've kind of had in my mind. I'm, I'm going to, where I'm going to throw it before I've got the ball, so I've sort of like went down on on the ball and sort of come up before I've caught it. And I'm already I'm already thrown it before I've caught it, and it just sort of just went through my hands and through my legs, and then I think it might have been Mixu and just putting it around the net. Right. I mean, it is. I I've, I've spoke about this in other places, but it, it's it is on YouTube if you want to see it. I mean, <laughs> it, would you ever watch it back and go? I ha- do you know what? All these, I mean, there's not a lot. A lot of my clips on on YouTube. My uh, my career predates YouTube. Most of it, <laughs> anyway. But it was, um, yeah. The, the few sort of bad occasions I've had, uh, sort of getting beat seven zero at Celtic Park. That wasn't that wasn't much fun either. But it was, um, yeah. It, it's it's took me a long time to to, to watch them again. Yeah. S- simply because, it's, well, I just didn't want to be, be reminded of it. Like you know. I mean that's, I mean it's fair enough, but then I guess you learn from it as well after a- oh no, but you things we you, be, you become stronger because of it anyway, and it is you 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 talk about giving yourself time to, to get over it most of the time more often than not if I'd made a mistake, I would want to go and train the next day, and I would just go and have a beast of a session, just almost like as if I'm punishing myself yeah. so and and then you afterwards you feel better, you feel like you've sort of cleansed yourself of it and you can move on.
0: Um, so in future shows obviously we'll be talking about um, goalkeeping what's happened and we'll have in, we'll be having goalkeeping guests um, or guests but the main focus is that we'll be talking about what has happened in the 18 yard box in the 6 yard box um, we've already got some uh, guests lined up for the next uh, few uh, weeks and months but if you've got any suggestions do tweet them in we are on Twitter um, we are at number one podcast that is at N-O-1 podcast so as if like an abbreviation for number one yeah, not yeah. no one. Not, I mean, it does look like at no one podcast, but it is at number one podcast. So tweet us any suggestions of guests. Um, also, if you follow us on Twitter, you are up with a chance of winning a copy of FIFA 18. I was, we just threw that in this morning, didn't we? Because we're, you know, we're giving people, aren't we?
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm,
0: we're huge FIFA fans. Yeah, we're huge FIFA fans. And we'll talk about um, a goalkeeper that looks like a FIFA glitch later on. Right, let's have a look at what happened at the weekend in a feature we're calling Between the Sticks. And when I say we're calling it, you happy with that? I'm fine with that, yeah. Yeah. Sounds good to me, that one. We will look at all the games that have happened in the Premier League this uh, weekend. First off, Leicester 1, Stoke 1. Pretty okay game. Not really one you're going to remember. Looking back at them, anything that stuck out for you? I know that Schmeichel could have done anything for the Stoke goal.
2: Well, if you're looking at both goals in isolation, maybe, I mean, quite often, whenever a goal's conceded now, I made a rolled from my own back, really, by, by what I do on Twitter. You know, I, I quite often get people questioning, you know, if anybody could have done something differently with the goals. Well you're, on that, you are known on Twitter for analysing
0: um, goalkeeping, and people come to you with questions, and, I mean, you really... Go to town
2: on it oh yeah I mean it's especially if, if I'm watching it or if I'm at a game then I'm, I'm basically just given exactly what I'm thinking about that situation at the time I'm you know there's I've got no I've got no bias towards or against anybody it's just basically it's it's basically what I did to myself as a goalkeeper yeah. so and this is the thing about analysis being neglected in goalkeeping because we are natural analysts because we were given the time in games so, if you're a centre midfield player, you make a mistake or you give a ball away, chances are you've got the ball back pretty soon and you can move on again. Where if something happens in a game and as a goalkeeper, you could be up the other end. The ball could be up the end for, for five minutes, so it gives you that little bit of time to sort of think things over and maybe run things through. And, and I just, know you, you're evaluating the whole. Yeah, time. well, exactly. Yeah, and you, you're not. I mean, you maybe he's not supposed to do that. You should, should try and leave it till after the game. But it's difficult to do that, especially if you. As long as it's not detrimental, as long as it's not taking your mind off the off the game or taking you away away from the game, but it's um, so I'm just doing exactly what I do, I do it myself as a person. So it's it, I always think that if I'm critical of anybody, I'm not saying anything different now or d- I wouldn't say it myself. Like um, so, looking at that game, Schmeichel, the first goal.
0: I it was just it was a decent it was a decent shot. But, it, it's
2: a typical Shakiri goal, you know. It whether it's Either foot, he just he's always looking to bend the ball around the goalkeeper. And with, with Cash in this situation, he's probably sometimes it, when when players are advancing towards a goal and they're unopposed, yeah. you, you, it's kind of an old school method where you, you get drawn towards the ball you know you get told to to narrow the angle down and in some situations like this you're, you're better off staying deeper in your goal it just give you a little bit more time to, to move your feet a little bit of time to, to react to it and see where the ball's going and you just see it get drawn out to right to the edge of his box and I think even though to me it's a great shot he still gets a hand to it I just don't know whether if he'd stayed in, you know, maybe he's a two or three yards off his off his line, he might have given himself that time to get across, get an extra step in and, and get a better hand on it.
0: Uh, later on in the game, Schmeichel uh, had a free kick, which wasn't the best kick in the world. I mean, Schmeichel is known for his distribution, mm. his kicks are incredible, but the, the, this nearly resulted in a, in a bit, bit of a howler from him. Quite similar to the Sam Johnston
2: uh, free kick last week yeah. uh, for Villa,
0: um, but he, he, he managed to recover on the shot.
2: The well, that, that's the difference. He, they, they didn't... Uh, Smigel didn't. Casper Smigel didn't concede from this time. Um, but it, it is sometimes things like this is going to happen. Whether it's whether it's a, a, a misplaced pass or it's just a miss kick. The more uh, goalkeepers play football, the more goals like this are, are going to occur. But that's that's the beauty of someone like um, Pep Guardiola and the way he wants to play. That he accepts that this is going to happen. So th- there's there'll be no sort of Shout a match after the game and no blame attached to to the keepers. Just move on from because them. now that's a part of
0: that's a part of the game, and they're one of the eleven footballers as opposed to ten footballers and the goalkeeper.
2: Yeah, exactly. I mean, when the back pass rule came in, it was he, he did everything to to be safe. So there were like he didn't, you wouldn't pass the ball back to goalkeepers sort of between the width of the the post simply because well, if. If there was any bubbles like the the Gary Neville and Paul Robinson one, yeah. uh, it was in Croatia. It Croatia, yeah, I think, yeah, 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 a long time ago. So that didn't occur. So it's just cutting down the, the the risk of error. But now, I mean, you look on it. Um, Tim Dittmer, at the the the, the FA's development uh, head of development of the 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 FA for goalkeepers. You know, he's talking about when uh, full-back's got the ball and maybe the left back left back area, like the goalkeeper going to the other side of the box to to. To get the ball, and so you're cutting out the man in the middle, and sort of being able to release somebody on the other side. So you're leaving that the goal totally open. But as a young little fat goalkeeper in Grimsby, um,
0: John Cockrell, who used to play for Grimsby Town, he taught me how to play football. One of the first rules is that like you never, you never cross across your goal. You never pass across your goal. That was like the, the one thing that I
2: was always taught. But is that changing? Well, it's, I mean, it, all over the park, especially for centre halves. You know, square balls kill you and, and can be cut out easily. But it's, um, like I said, it, it's that it, it, people are weighing up the, the 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 risk of making an error against the sort of the reward yeah. of bit, releasing players on the other side and then being able to attack. Because that's what's happened now. It's, it's kind of when, you know, you looked at attacking players, it was it was creative midfield players and, and strikers and wingers who created. Now you. You're looking at goalkeeper set up attacks You're looking at full backs being your main source of, mm-hmm. uh, source of attack and threat So it's it's changing all the time So it's um, uh, in in that respect you've got to accept the risk if you're going to do it. And, it and and because people are pressing high at the pitch now It is worth doing
0: It is, yeah um, We've got to talk about the probably one of the, the biggest talking points of uh, goalkeeping over the weekend uh, Jack Butland, the Leicester goal was pretty much his fault? Yes and no.
2: I think that's why we need people to to be on the side of the goalkeepers rather than just say that's a howler by Jack Butland. You only have to look at it a couple of times to say, well, give him a little bit, not benefit of the doubt, but can see why it's happened. Yeah. So when the balls went out wide to, to Mark Albrighton, He's not putting. He's not side-footing the ball. He's not curling the ball. He's ran right round the the side of the ball, so he can put his laces through it because he wants to get as much power on that ball. So any touch is going to go in the net. So as he's fired the ball across, he probably hasn't pulled it back. Uh, as far as he wants to, so it's going straight to Jack, and you can see there's an angle right behind um, on the opposite side of the pitch. It's right behind where Jack is, and you can see just as the ball comes from, the ball just starts swerving. it? must be about three or four yards away from, and just swerves slightly to its left. Right, okay. and and that's what makes him. He, he has to go to his left a little bit. The pace on it makes it difficult. So, and, and any touch on it, like I said, goes in the goal. And it's it's the tiniest of movements, but it is enough to to. To causing the trouble that it did, and in in goalkeeping, the smallest margins make the biggest difference. And if you, I mean, I'm I'm pointing the pointing my uh, palm of my hand to you. Yeah, But it, it, see, if the uh, the ball moves that much, so that it, much. whether it goes there in the palm of your hand or goes there just to the other side of your thumb, yeah, that's all. And, and balls move now by feet, not inches and yeah, centimeters. Yeah. So that's all it takes, and that's all it took for for Jack. So I mean, well. People can say yeah to howler. There's reasons why it happened. Yeah,
0: And he to be fair. He came out and in tweeted. He said, uh, "Extremely disappointed, as you can imagine. But you won't see me hiding. And I hope I managed to make amends. Honored to captain the club today, and overwhelmed by the support. As always, we go again, and we keep fighting. I mean, they're gonna have to keep fighting because they're not in a great position at the moment. And as he says, know yeah, and hope I managed to make amends. That save he made later on in the game. I mean. Corking save,
2: yeah, and and it's come through bodies and so on to, across to his right, wasn't it? Yeah, it was across to his right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's the good thing about uh, the likes of Jack and uh, and John Pickford this season. That's despite the, I mean, it's been woeful defensive records, and it's it's not just them conceding the goals. It's the defence And the whole team. They've had the problems at the back, but it's it's good that they're still making saves because that's important. There's a lot of, I mean, there'd be a lot of teams that are struggling out there who. Um, the goalkeepers are, su- are su- suffering as well yeah. and, and with it coming up to the World Cup year it's it's important that it, we're not going into it with goalkeepers who have been just totally bashed all season and it's good that they, it's good for confidence for them as well that even though they're losing goals they're still making saves as well. Butland will pick himself up after that, will he? This is a good thing about the two of them uh, they've both got a, a great mentality that It might be a bit of a generalisation that maybe we haven't had that in the past. You know, you look at someone like Peter... You go back to Peter Shilton, somebody who was so driven and um, so um, determined to do well. He he had a great mental strength about him. Um, And maybe he's... I don't know. Maybe it's in the past fifteen years we haven't had that. I
0: think that's something that I've noticed, especially with goalkeepers that I've met in the last three or four years. Is their their mentality and confidence mm. is 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 as strong as anything or anyone I've met. There's a chap who um, I'm not sure if you know. Him, Dean Henderson is yeah. uh, Man United goalkeeper on loan at Shrewsbury. We had him at Grimsby last season. The most confident man I've ever met. Like mm. the loveliest bloke, but he genuinely believes that he's going to be the best goalkeeper in the world. And I think something like that, you need that. You need that mentality, especially to say it is such a, sometimes a lonely uh, profession when you're just on your own, to have that mentality and belief. It's something that coming through with Jack. Jack came on Soccer I am, uh I think, uh, earlier this year or end of last year, and he had his injury. But he's like, it, they say I'm going to be out for six weeks, but I'm hopefully going to be back in, in, in a few. So even the belief in his body yeah. is something to you go, crikey, that's amazing.
2: It is. It's its it's something I've noticed changing goalkeepers, as well, and for the better. You need, you do need that arrogance, and for a long time, that arrogance was associated with uh, cockiness. Con- well, well, yeah, but with continental keepers, like the Germans, how much you know? You, you saw them. You, you only had to look at them to see how confident they yeah. were, and whether that's how they felt inside. The fact that they showed it outwardly, you know, it sort of it, it spreads. So it's the side, and it. And when they come up against opposition they can see that they look confident yep. so it works in their favor but it's there's definitely a bit of change in the new breed of goalkeeper and um last night was at the the football writers of uh, northeast football writers uh, uh, awards and uh, talking yeah well i mean i, I was not up for any awards it was we were uh, we were voting for the, uh, the players of the year the manager of the year and, and people like that but it was um it was a great night it was talking to Jordan Pickford and Clang, oh, yeah, and, another one, yeah. Well, I mean, do you know what? It's great it's the it's, life you lead. Mate. Well, do you know what? it's it's a it's great to, to see someone like him because he's living out my dream, is he? You know? Yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a kid from Sunland, started off at Sunland, he's gone to Sunland side. I mean, now he's he's playing for England. I think he's going to be the number one in the world cup. I hope he is. Um, and it, I just love everything about the kid. Uh, I love the way that he's uh, he's just confident. He, like there's no doubt, is the fi- uh, doubt and fear is the enemy of goalkeepers, and he just he, he's sort of he seems to be immune to that. No matter how things go, whether he, whether he makes a mistake, it doesn't affect him at all. So we were talking about last night and we talking about the World Cup and just saying like you know, you know, just make sure you get get yourself to uh, keep fit, get yourself to rush and then see what happens. And he just turned around and said, "Yeah, uh, we'll show them out we on." Really? You know, and it was like sort of say, say he yeah, wants it?" Yeah, exactly. If if I'm going to play, I'm I'm going to show them how good I am, like you know. And it was brilliant, you know. And it was no sort of like it's not like he's he's not giving an interview to anybody. He's not. It's not just spiel. It's you can see that's exactly way just how he honestly feels. Yeah, and I, and I love him for that. Love him. Next game:
0: Bournemouth two, Newcastle two. Uh, Newcastle second game. Uh, sorry, Newcastle second goal even. Um, Begovic, unfortunate. And I've said unfortunate because I'm a pal of his and I'm not going to throw him under the boss and hopefully he's coming on in the next few weeks. But it did it did, it did escape him, didn't it?
2: Yeah, and I think in the, in these situations, you probably, if you're giving somebody benefit of the doubt, you are thinking that it's going to come across to your right, that it's going yep. to be pulled back, so you're ready for that. Um, it's a difficult one simply because in these situations now, people goalkeepers use their feet a lot more. That's you know maybe it's not David de Gea who's who's brought in. He's, he's he uses the technique a lot, but the fact that when the ball comes to your feet, you haven't got time to get down yeah. there. So the, the, the the speed the ball travels, you just haven't got enough time. So it, you just need to stick out a leg and and improvise and and stop the ball. It, at the end of the day, it's about stopping the ball going the net, yeah. and that's all you've got to do. Just with whatever ex- limb or part of your body. Exactly. But in in them situations. You're not even thinking about it. It's just a you react how you react. You've got no choice in it, really. And I think that's a, yeah. It's a mistake like that that I think that's you don't need to worry about it because it's it's happened. You can put it down as a you can put it down as an error and just move on. It's not something that's like a, I don't know, starting positions or not coming for crosses or you know not being ready to come off your lines for through balls. When those become, they, they can become trends and habits yeah. that you've got to work on. When something like this happens to to um, uh, to Begovic, it's it, you just sort of like pull them in the carpet and just say, oh, yeah, it happens. It happens. Uh,
0: Newcastle went two 0 up at two 0 There was a save by mm. uh, Dubravka. Am I saying that right, Dubravka? How Dubravka, are you saying that? Yeah. yeah, Dubravka. Dubravka. Yeah. Saved by him. Like, he knows he's going to get clattered. He comes over for the, for the ball and looks like he gets knocked out. He certainly you know, <laughs> comes around and you can see stars going around his his uh, his head. Should he have should he have stayed on? I mean, we've talked already about you getting knocked out at Grimsby um, and you being um, um, substituted. Sh- do you think he should have stayed on or do you think
2: he should have been substituted? Well, I don't know. It, it did look as if when he... I can't remember who was behind. I think it was one of the, uh, one of the, the Bournemouth players trying to pick him up. And he sort of like he looked very limp, like yeah, he did, yeah. yeah. And I think the way that the medical staff are at clubs now, they're they're very savvy and they know, it, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And if if there was any danger of, or if he was in any danger, uh, they they would have uh, they would have taken him off. But I've been very impressed by Martin Dubrovka.
0: You have, yeah. Well, well let's just have a look at the look at the uh, I well, say look at the goals. Let's talk about the goals for the Smith goal. That was a decent goal. I'm, perhaps, I'm not sure if he could have done anything in for the Gosling goal. Again, not, not much you can do. There was a little bit of me thinking, and this might just be uh, ridiculous, you know, had he not had that um fallen little injury earlier on, could he have done any better? But I don't really think he
2: could have I, done I, I don't think he plays any part in it, really. I mean, it's it's funny because the the that save and kind of, um, I think it was the, which goal was it? Was it the second goal for Newcastle? Or was it the first goal? It was played at the near post. And sort yeah. of, has sort of, he's come with his feet. Now, I mean, Sometimes it doesn't matter what you come with, as long as you you know as you come up that block. But you just wonder if if Asme it's it it's throwing himself, it's sort of come head first yeah. with his hands, and he might be have a better chance of stopping it. Because even then you can you can react, you know, um, if you come with your feet. And it's kind of I don't know. I, I don't know if he was a little bit fearful in that situation. Okay. Whereas like you see in with Martin's save, you, you rightly point out. He knew he was going to get clattered, and, but it's... He went for it. Yeah, it doesn't make a difference. You, you've got to go for it. I think as a goalkeeper, you've got to have that attitude. It doesn't matter You know, if you get injured. You've got to defend your goal with everything you've got. We chatted a few weeks ago about um,
0: uh, Dubravka. You went up to St James' Park yeah. to see the Man United-Newcastle game. Um, and all spotlight was supposed to be on De Gea, really, but it was the the Newcastle keeper, the, the new lad, that kind of stole the headlines,
2: really. Yeah, and it's great... Uh, when you're watching a goalkeeper that you don't know a great deal about and he's uh, coming into a game like that and you've got to give great credit to, to Rafa Benitez because he could have easily said, oh, well, it's Manchester United, it's a big game for him uh, to be dropped into and he, he might not, uh, you know, it's a lot of pressure on him. But on the other hand, if we're, if we're under pressure and Man United play well, he's going to have a lot to do so it could be a great game for him. And in the end of the day, He's won them the points, yeah, and he's put in a great performance, and and it just shows you the the, um, the the value of a good goalkeeper because he made a save for Martial halfway through the first half, and it it wasn't just it didn't just keep a score nil nil. It lifted everybody in the stadium yeah. because I think everyone was a, there was a great atmosphere inside St James's, but it, and so people are a little bit tentative thinking, oh well, you know, we're probably not going to get a result today. because well, on paper the they were all probably thinking we're not going to get a result, no, exactly. And it wasn't that save sort of like spurred the team on, gave them belief. leaf, and, yeah. and shelving the army in midfield were brilliant as well. And it was a great team performance, but it was um, definitely Martin who, who stood out. So, we don't know much about him, you've done a bit of research on him. I'm not going to ask you for a
0: thesis, but like give us just the top and tail who he is, where he's from, what he drives, yeah, what his shoe sizes. And uh, what his weekly delivery is like?
2: <laughs> <laughs> He's a uh, yes, yeah, Slovenian. They got him from Spot Prague in the uh, in uh, in the Czech Republic. I knew a little bit about him because he would played in for Esbjerg in in Denmark. And obviously, I spent a little bit of time over there and heard some good things about him. And uh, and it's strange because I spoke to Simon Smith, the the goalkeeper coach at, at Newcastle, and they'd been on the lookout for it was no secret they'd been on the lookout for a uh, Rafford being the lookout for his own keeper. I think you know because he'd inherited quite a few. Well, Elliot's been there.
0: How long has Elliot been there?
2: Yeah, he's been there a while. I mean, I really like Rob. He's a he's a solid goalkeeper, and and, and calls. Carl probably hasn't developed in the in the goalkeeper that maybe people thought he was when he was younger. Who was going to be when he was younger at Forest, and I think Rafa's is a, he's a type of manager. He he likes his own keeper. So, so, so sometimes it's it's not about that the goalkeeper that uh, the goalkeepers at the club aren't good enough or he doesn't think they're good enough, but he does like to have his own man in there, and um and, and all the credit to him, He's, he did a lot of homework on Martin, and uh, it's paid off.
0: There's, I, I want to talk about the Newcastle keepers in another podcast, um a later episode, because they have got a fair few, and there's one goalkeeper, um at the moment. Freddie Woodman, you know, I have become a little bit obsessed with. He's brilliant, yeah. He's absolutely brilliant, but he can't get a sniffing at the moment, can he?
2: No, he's he's gone up to Aberdeen to to for his next step in his development, which will be a great move from obviously Aberdeen's one of my old clubs, and they, they look after him really well up there. Danny Ward was up there, who's at yeah. Liverpool. He had a, a half a season up there. Um, and it is. It's it's important for keepers like Freddie now to be starting playing games and, and to to play games regularly. Twenty three football it'll only take you so far. He really needs to 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 take that next step. Um, I really like him. He's got a great style about him, and I think the fact that you know the the successes he's had with the. the the England youth teams as well, you know that's something that we need to build on. You know oh, he's he's 100%. already had success, so he d- so we we don't want him to be, his progress to be stunted by. You know he's had this success now and then just have a, like a bit of a dip, like because I know Danny Ward's Welsh, but he's had his uh, his development stunted a little bit now because he was brought back to Liverpool. He could probably could have went back to to Huddersfield. Um, I'm sure that's he was brilliant at Huddersfield last yeah.
0: season. And I thought I thought he was going to stay there and uh, do out a season there, but. He was obviously determined to go and fight for his place, and at one point it looked like he might have got because yeah. both Minella and Carriers were dropping stuff left, right, and centre. So, well, let's 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 park that and have a chat about Woodman later on down the line. Um, let's look at the next game: uh, Brighton four, Swansea one. Now, I mean, there's not really much to talk about. Uh, again, on paper, you'd expect Brighton maybe to win this. Swansea have not been great this season. Matt Ryan makes a decent save at at, at 1-0. Matty Ryan, again, a keeper that not a million people knew about who he was or where where he played and stuff, but he certainly made a name for himself this season,
2: hasn't he? Yeah, and I think both goalkeepers in this game... uh there's not, not a great deal that uh, Lucas Fabianski could have done but I've been really impressed by what I have saw of him the last couple of seasons he really matured into a, a good solid Premier League keeper yeah. uh, and, and maybe he's, i'm a bit doing him a, a disservice there he's, he's more than that he, his all round game has, yeah. just, has just been brilliant um, but Matty Ryan I'm massively impressed by Matty I uh, spent a bit of time down in, uh, in Brighton with uh, with him Tim Cruel and uh, Mainpo, Nicky Mainpo and uh, and. Uh, the goalkeeping coach um, Ben Roberts. So I went down and watched them do uh, train, and I was really impressed by all three of them. I mean, they've got three very good keepers down there, and they've they seem to have got a, the the goalkeeping department that's, that it should be um, the same as at every other club. They, they've the, the scouting network's brilliant. Um, they, they've got a, the the goalkeeping coach Ben. He's got a great influence uh, over. Over the goalkeepers are coming to the to the club, and that's the way it should be. I think even now, you know, speaking to some goalkeeping coaches, even in the Premier League, you know they they're not relied upon too heavily for recruitment. When I think it's vital that they should be, you know, it should be them that's drawing up the uh, the, the shortlist for the manager to choose from. Right. I mean, some managers like Rafa. Rafa's got a great record bringing goalkeepers. He, he, he's got a good eye for a good goalkeeper. So I mean. That's maybe a bit of a different situation. but Did Rafa bring in Rayner when he made that up, did he? Yeah. I mean, that's a decent idea, isn't it? Well, well, exactly. And then he took them to to Napoli as well when he he crossed there. And he's, um I said, I don't know if he's one of the few managers, but yeah, he has got a a good eye for a goalkeeper. And I I still find it strange that, you know, I said, talking to a goalkeeping coach that, you know you talk about their goalkeepers and and they, they, they tell you that oh well I, you know it wouldn't have been my first choice and you think well you want that That's uh, you know it's so integral to, to a team now and to have a specialist in that position somebody who's who's knowledgeable you should be relying on them heavily yeah he um, my Ryan I don't know you kind of wonder
0: he's at Bournemouth at Brighton now he signed a contract for I think I think I think two year three year contract I think um, uh, five year Wow he signed five year yeah. contract You kind of just wonder where where he would be going on Well well
2: do you know what he's um, He's
0: it, only twenty five I think as well Yeah
2: but he's, he's I mean he played a lot of games in uh, in two spells in in Belgium and but he started he got the uh, first team It's uh, oh God it's a Gold Coast. Uh, Central Coast, Central Coast, yeah, Marians. Central Coast Mariners, and at a young age, and he's he's another one of these keepers who is just unfazed by every step up he takes. He's unfortunately he had injuries at, uh, at Valencia, and um, it, it didn't go great from there. But it, it wasn't really down to to sort of lack of form or because he wasn't good enough. And it, Ben tracked him uh, for a long time at um, uh, while he was at Brighton, and. Seven million for for a goalkeeper, you know, it's it's. I think it's a bit of a snip actually. Yes, you because he yeah, had a little bit of a difficult start. He had a couple of a couple of errors but again, he didn't let it didn't let yeah. it affect him at all and you know, a lot of people will say, uh, will look at him just solely just uh, for his physical attributes and say, well, he doesn't look the biggest but he, he moves around the goal like lightning. He's so fluid in his movements and he's timing and coming for crosses and he's yeah. just, it makes up for any height that I've he I've got a, he a friend who's a Brighton fan and he says like, coming for crosses, you just feel so confident in in Ryan. You just
0: know he's going to collect pretty much everything.
2: Yeah, and I, I don't know whether it, teams maybe say to start with uh, maybe try to uh, sort of put balls on top of him or try and take advantage of you but he is he's just unfazed by it all and he's really positive coming fireballs.
0: Um, let's move on to Burnley versus Southampton that was 1-1 uh, there's a, a great joint save from Pope
1: here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue another cool fact you can get short term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
0: I think this, this game so is quite an interesting game because I think the it's almost like battle of the two reserve goalkeepers at the moment. Pope, not necessarily first-choice keeper at Burnley, um, but injuries kept out Heaton since September. And then at Southampton, Alex McCarthy is kind of really, really... Made a name for himself. Obviously, Fraser Foster uh, was dropped, I think, at Boxing Day. And then since then, McCarthy's uh, kind of been been the number one spot. He's 28 years old and he's uh Reading for, for seven years. But he went out on loan to Woking, Cambridge United, Team Bath, Aldershot Town, Yeovil Town, Brentford, Leeds United and then Ipswich Town. After that, he then went to Queen's Park Rangers and then Crystal Palace. 2016, he signed for Southampton. So, he's been around a bit, hasn't he? He's he's, he's done his fair share of a uh, fair share of
2: uh, teams. Yeah, well, I mean, it didn't really happen from Queens Park Rangers. We really left Reading, and then he's been at uh, Southampton. Second season, Southampton, and um, the troubling thing for for Alex is that. Especially it's sort of at Southampton when he's got his chance. Maybe he's got his chance because of injury or or mistakes being made by uh, the keeper in front of him. But when he's come and got his chance, he's made mistakes himself. And that's. That's what a second-choice keeper's up against all the time. You know, you've you've got to take that chance when it comes. You've got to be, make sure you're ready. So it, it, whether on the bench and you're coming on, there's no excuse for not being prepared. I remember um, it was against Denmark a few years ago, uh, David James, I think it might be nil-nil half-time. I think they got beat 4-0. And, um, and then he came after us and just held his hands up and said, oh, well, I, I didn't prepare properly. But, I mean, it's not at that especially at that level, it's it's not an excuse you can use. Need to be ready yeah, time. exactly, yeah. And, you, and whatever that is, so it's whether you you know you Warm ups are so important for goalkeepers and uh as a second choice keeper you maybe you don't get a full warm up that you need if you're gonna go in the first half. Yeah. But then I always like to, to go out and do the do a full well, as much of a warm up as I could do at half time. Just yeah. to make sure you're prepared and it was it, it, I mean, it didn't always go my way when I came on, but it's it, it's, diffi- it's probably more difficult for a goalkeeper to come into a game than, than any other position as well. And, um, and, and like I said, it's it's good now. It's not just uh, him, it's you know, Lawrence Carris has shown it as well, that you need that run of games. Yeah. You need you need that consistent run of games. And, and maybe it's the back end of the manager to say, well, look, I'm going to get, you know, it's not just hinging on one game because once that happens, you you you, you Put yourself in positions where you maybe maybe's not needed. You try and create situations that you to get involved in, so you can impress rather than just dealing with what you've got to deal with. And but um, but Alex is you know is, is, I think uh, for as far back as I uh, as I've him at Redden, I think uh, at the moment he's looking the best he has. He's looked for a long time.
0: It's interesting. Again, we might not talk about it uh, this week, but who are the options for the England squad and? I mean, people probably wouldn't have looked at Nick Pope and Alex McCarthy at the beginning of this season, but let's look at what happens with injuries and form and what have you. But I mean, they could easily be in with a shout with, with, with getting in there, yeah. because there's, there's a big pool of English goalkeepers at the moment, and I think that those two are two that are probably like creeping up through the ranks and um, you know probably putting themselves on, on Southgate's radar.
2: Yeah, and it's been a bit of a roller course over the last uh, couple of seasons with uh, the strength and depth with... Of English goalkeepers, because at one time you would say we're in a great position, and then at the start of this season, or uh, a couple of months ago, you had John was letting a lot of goals in, uh, Jack was conceding a lot of goals, uh, Joe's not playing, Fraser Forster wasn't, you know, wasn't in the best of form. So it was out of all of them, you had Nick Pope, who's the the least experienced Premier League wise of a lot of them, and it. But people talking about him being in the, the England squad, you. You've got to see; he's, he has got a chance, and, it, and a lot of it depends on Sean Dyche shoulders now yeah, and what he does. Because whoever he chooses to be first choice towards the end uh, in the in the coming weeks, if he brings Tom back in, then and he starts playing well, then it puts him in poor position for yeah. for that third spot because you know, you've got to see Jack and Jordan have got the two of them filled. If uh, if Joe Hart doesn't play till the end of the season you you can't really make a case for him going. what do you think? Well, I think I
0: think Jordan is definitely in. Mm-hmm. But then I think every other spot is up up for up for grabs. I really do. And you know, I I think Jack Butland is in, is an incredible keeper, but you do have to look at league form and mm. you know, can, can you take a goalkeeper to the World Cup that is just been in a, a relegated side? I'm not saying that obviously that's going to happen yet, but C- can that happen? Do you know what I mean, but, but then you look at um, Pickford, and he was in a relegated side last season. Oh, yeah. So it's not like you've got an English goalkeeper that is flying the flag in the top three positions. And I think, I think it's. I th- I'd love to have a big old chat about it on, on another podcast. Cause I think there's a we could spend the whole time talking about which goalkeepers should be going and and why. O- on that. Liverpool 4-West Ham 1 uh, a game where Karius or Mignolet don't take their headlines They had a, Karius had a good good game decent save on the bar um, early doors um, and Liverpool just steamrolled them really didn't they
2: yeah it wasn't I see it wasn't, uh, say it wasn't a, a game where Karius had to be decisive but I think uh, I can't remember it was somebody did some uh, researching about the, the saves that he'd been making since he got back on the side and a lot of his saves that he has been making, he has been making them sort of when they've been when it's been nil nil and the game's been in the balance or they've been one nil down. And he just he does look a different goalkeeper. You know, when when I watched him at Mines, he looked confident, um solid defence in front of him, but he looked confident with the ball outside his box, his distribution was good, maybe it wasn't a great um at dealing with crosses, uh, it was probably one weakness in his game. But when he came to Liverpool, it just shows you sometimes the effect that a change of environment can do to you. Yeah. You know, it's it's different pressures; everything's alien to you, and especially it's that's why it's so important to uh, to get a good start. Now you, you'd seen last season, Carriers didn't have a good start, and sort of that paid. Pr- uh, put a uh, puppet to his uh, to his season really when when Simón had to come back in. Claudio Bravo had a, didn't have a great start to his Man City career, and it's difficult difficult to recover. And the only t- the only thing you can do there is hope that your manager is going to be uh, be patient with you, uh, and not just the manager that the fans will be patient with you because even with Simón, you know you could see that sometimes when the ball was going back to him uh, back passes, the, the Anfield crowd were getting really there's was not like an anxiety, yeah, around the around the stadium, and you, you could feel it, and you can sense it. Yeah, when that's a never good like a, for a
0: goalkeeper, as well
2: no, not at all. But I mean, oh, they're nervous as well as I am. <laughs> that's but, not ideal, is it? But that's it. You, you've got to, uh, you, you've got to fight through that. And he's been, Carrick's uh, been fortunate that uh, that Jurgen Klopp has, you know, you could see he always wanting to get him back in the side. That's why, that's why he put him in there. He, he said he gave him the Champions League games, and, because it, at the beginning of the season, Klopp came out and said. Simon Mignolet has earned his
0: place as number one goalkeeper for Liverpool this season. Then halfway through the season, he goes, Carries is now my number one goalkeeper. So, not many managers would come out and
2: chop and change, but he's done it because he's needed to. Yeah. and uh, Also, there's the, all the talk about uh, potential keepers coming into the, to the club, Jack Butland, Allison, you know, that's what you're working against. You're not just battling against the the other goalkeepers that you're training with. Yeah. You know, you, you, when that happens, you've got to take on that pressure of the. And and fair play to to Loris, he's he's taking that on board and and, and he's flying at the moment. Um, Adrian conceded four.
0: I'm not entirely sure there's anything he could do, really. No, not
2: really. Just bit of woeful
0: defending by West Ham, as it has been
2: for a lot of this season. Yeah, and there was um, the. I, there was one save early on, and it never got mentioned, and I was just... Adrian's, the y- fingertip y- one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't see the right angle. Was, I couldn't see him two angles. You couldn't really see where they touched it, but it looked as if he touched it yeah, on the it push. Did, yeah. And that's one of those ones where... If uh, you touch it on the post or if it goes out for a for a corner or you think it's a corner and the linesman gives a goal kick, you just feel like just getting the ball and just throwing it over the corner flag and say, no, no, I no, a ball. You, I made but at the same time, you have yeah. keep <laughs> possession and then the whole of the like, West Ham, I go,
0: what are you doing, you mag? Do you know what I mean? Take the goal kick. That's how West Ham fans speak. Yeah. Um, Right, moving on to West Brom uh, 1, Sunderland 2. The first goal from van der Perre, he actually, uh, it's a fact, so I did a little bit of research, he had 14 hectares of space and he actually had time to uh, plant um, 14 aubergines. <laughs> um, he had so much space, it was ridiculous, no one no one closed him down and um, yeah, bang. It was, uh, it was one of those games where I watched it and it was like, f- fine. Loss like was nowhere to be seen for, for for the goal, I don't think, and then a great save by Foster at the end. So there's nothing really to write home about with this game, in my opinion.
2: No, but, but I think you're the professional. No, but uh, Ben Foster um he's another one who's matured to, to a yeah. solid keeper. You know, he's he's had his rocky spells and you know that. He he retired early from. From the national team just to to keep to take himself out the pitch and just concentrate on his, uh, on, his on his club career, but he's another one in the position now where, where if if we took him to the world cup um, okay, maybe he's not his first choice, but if he was sat on the bench you know you would still feel pretty secure that. Oh yeah, you uh, to that... happen yeah
0: exactly um moving swiftly on to Watford 1 everton nil um Orestes carnass yeah. not an easy name to say is it's it sort of, no. I think he's got a nickname and call him Orty. Look, we'll, we we'll, from now on we'll call, we'll call him we'll Oti. Yeah. He was at fault the last time these two met. Um a
2: couple of uh, howlers. Yeah. To be fair there was a massive error in this uh in this fixture. Go on. It was Tom Davies' ponytail, did you see it? Oh, I did see yeah. that, yeah. Yeah. It's it a, kind of
0: with a bit of shaved bit at the bottom as yeah, well, yeah.
2: But it was, it's just tiny little ponytail, yeah. I mean, sizes and everything, you know that, but absolutely. Mean. I've been saying that since '86.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that did steal the uh, steal the, 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 the headlines, a little ponytail. <laughs> and also, you've got to find like a bow that's like smaller than it, or like, or like a, ba-
2: a, a bangle, mm. like, was it elastic band? I, I'm not sure what it was, to be honest. I, I mean, and then because it's so tight, he's got to, it probably has to use hairspray. I mean, we yeah we, we do have a hairdresser expert in this or so, I mean I don't know whether it, You'd have to use a, a bit of airspray as well So Yeah to keep it in Just yeah. hold Yeah, like,
0: One of the things that did um, strike my eye as well um, Is the fact that um, Carnesis or Ortiz is known to the podcast One of the few keepers in the Premier League Still opting to go with short sleeves A trend that I'd thought passed in 2004 I just don't see the point in wearing
2: short sleeves See, I love the short sleeve. Oh, you're an idiot. Yeah. Why? Well, uh, well, I'll tell you why, because... Did you wear short sleeves at Lincoln? No, oh, when, God, I, when I was in, uh, was in Denmark. We, oh, uh, yeah, a lot warmer there, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not, no, that's it, yeah, but it was... Um, I, I, I've always liked continental goalkeepers. I've been obsessed with continental goalkeepers. So, like when I, when I was a kid, especially when I first started, first started playing, I always I order these uh, Italian style goalkeeping shorts. So they're like, it's like just above the knee. Oh yeah, I used to absolutely love them, like these silk things. I mean, I, silk, yeah, silk, silk lo- just above the knee.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I don't think they were goalkeeping shorts.
2: Lovely to the touch they were, but it was uh, yeah. So I was obsessed, and then. Um, when, when I was at Silkeborg, we uh, the goalkeeping strip was exactly the same as the outfield strips, but obviously just a different colour. Right. And then we there was the option of um, of wearing a long sleeve on, but I, just, I I got caught up in the the whole continentalness of in it. In Denmark. Yeah. It must have been Baltic,
0: literally <sighs> and metaphorically Baltic.
2: Well, it was. I tell you what, the the first time I came back for uh, sort of it was mid season training, so like the season would finish at the end of November we'd have a month off and then we'd have to go back for pre season tra- or mid season training again in uh start of January. And my first train session back, considering that when I left, the the weather was fine. Yeah. It was I don't know, about ten, eleven degrees. And then by the time I come back, my first train session back was minus fourteen. <laughs> that's cold that is cold really I didn't have a cold. short sleeve shirt on that day I'll tell you that
0: when uh, I went to see Grimsby Town play Welling a number of years ago and the Welling goalkeeper had opted for short sleeve shirt and I just think this was conference football I mean you are putting yourself on the line to get a number of heckles and like loads of people are like mate where, where have your sleeves gone mate where have you? this bloke went Right, mate, I'm off to the car to go and get a cardio. You look frozen, mate. And it was like October. This lad was wearing unbranded white goldie gloves a short sleeves. So I was like,
2: what are you doing, mate? Pop sleeves on. We talk about go- uh, confidence and goalkeeping. That is confidence when a, sh- uh, you know, a short sleeve shirt in and. In it's confidence. Com- that, that's. I don't know uh, tweet us in to the at no
0: one podcast the number one podcast at tweet us in at number one podcast Um, do you prefer long sleeves or short sleeves should we do a poll (laughs) yeah let's do a poll Um, if we look at the goals just quickly um, Pickford Pickford does well um, I think during that game uh the fumble in the second half but with a clearance he was quite lucky yeah he
2: couldn't really do anything with the goal it was a s- just smash past and by so he did, right? i mean there
0: was no yeah Dini just dean has moments of genius and mm. that was a was a goal where it was like bang 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 yeah um but yeah pickford i mean we've we, we, we talked about him and we'll, we'll continue to talk about him he's he's
2: bloody brilliant isn't he? Bloody. i bloody think we will have a little like uh a pickford corner or something like that yeah pickford yeah the Magam Sidewinder Appreciation Society, I'm going to start that.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah. I saw your little tweet. I, yeah. Yeah,
2: he's, he's good with them, isn't he? Oh,
0: class, man. Crystal Palace nil, Spurs one. Hennessy with some brilliant saves, although at the end he kind of gifts Kane with a bit of a goal. But you tweeted about this, so take it away, Preecey. Yeah, well, it,
2: this is the thing. I mean, a lot, a lot of uh, Palace fans tweeted about me and said it's kind of typical that uh, it probably his best game this season that, that something like this happens with the, with the King and it isn't sort of it's not a clanger it's not a howler but it just there's different saves that happened over the, the weekend and last week the the David De Gea one against Sevilla and uh, and Alex McCarthy actually he made a great save for the I think it was for the was it the Burnley goal we might it was a, it was a cross to the back stick anyway, okay. and there was a header and he's palmed it away. And I think somebody put it in the net. In in those two situations, were pretty similar because when the cross came in, both keepers recognised early that they weren't going to go for it, and and even though they were quite it was quite close to them in both situations, especially with Alex McCarthy, they could have been tempted to go for it, but they, they've made the decision early, drop back in the line so that they're set ready for the uh, for the shot coming in or the header and in this situation when when Hennessy it's a great ball by Chris Nose corner and it's just enough to tempt him and he he gets caught in following the ball yeah. now, and now, and he's just ball watching so he travels with with the with, uh with the flight of the ball so when the ball reaches Harry Kane's head he's not set and the ball comes in. it's not a powerful header by any means and because he's not set, he can't make any dynamic movements to push the ball away, and he kind of just flaps it and, it, and it looks awful. Yeah. For, he, you know, as a goalkeeper, like I said, you know, any criticism, you, you know, I always try and think what I'd be like in that situation, and it, it would be, it would be, not a regular save, but it'd be a good save. And he should, if he'd set himself earlier, he would have been able to push that over the bar, and it just, it looks soft. And someone that you don't want on the
0: end of that um, for scavenging for bits is Harry Kane.
2: No, exactly, yeah. Um,
0: should Larissa have been wearing a cap? Apparently it's quite sunny. What are your views
2: on caps? I'm not a big cap fan, to be honest with no, you. No, but what if the sun's in your eyes? Well, I always found that were, the caps were only any use if the ball was up the other end. Yeah. Uh, so... And that's you don't really need it then. I mean, I suppose it it can help if there's going to be any long balls over the top from their defence. But I think once the ball got into sort of like the the danger area where you've got to be on maximum alert, once the ball comes towards you, you've got to deal with the ball. You've got to lift your head up enough. You can't keep your head down so the people. You don't want to cap. No, just use your hands.
0: Manchester United two, Chelsea one. Two of the best keepers in the world at the moment. They go head to
2: head. Um,
0: um, ball goes through De Gea for the for the for their goal. Yeah. Cat flap hands?
2: No, put on I, fingers. No, no, I don't think so. I think um, it's similar to the situation with Carrius um, against Manchester City when Sarnia smashed the ball past him. Sometimes in this situation, it, it it can look a lot worse in slow motion when it's been slowed right down, and it looks like you've got time to to react or uh, to stop the ball. And in these situations, power can beat you from. I mean, power can beat you from any angle from has
0: got a strong old kick on him hasn't
2: he yeah and you can see that he that The Hale looks angry yeah he's disappointed really because angry. anything that goes in it, 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 that close to you you always think well I should have saved it and yeah. he used a technique where when somebody strikes the ball he swings his arm back to come forward uh, he swings his arm back to come forward and um, and he normally times it really well he did it for the save last week and and um, it, it doesn't cost him where in some situations some goalkeepers do it they don't time it right and it's it eats up valuable reaction time in this situation he he, he does get his arms forward in time but the fact is it's it's sort of like a, there's a triangle sort of right like between your shoulder your hand and your knee yeah. in here your natural reaction for, to see balls is to go outwards and it's it, very rarely to come inside like that and it, it's just it a went really, in the triangle yeah it's just really right. uh, it's a really awkward space for him and I said a lot of people say oh well, he won't be happy with that yeah he won't be happy because it's close one, but it's not it's not an hour at the front to
0: me. Uh Courtois made an insane save against Lukaku with that uh I'm not sure if you saw it, the one that tipped Yeah, out. the the volley. The volley that he tipped over. Absolutely insane. Um and then Courtois comes up for a corner at the end. Now, this is the second time this happened this weekend because Jordan Pickford came up for a corner in the dying minutes of the Everton game. And uh, Duncan Alexander, uh, a friend of uh, mine. uh, Do you know Duncan? from He's a very good lad. He did a tweet that made me uh, laugh out of my mouth. Jordan Pickford, the first goalkeeper to record a shot in the Premier League this season. And then he replied to his own tweet with a thread saying 1% of Everton's shots under Allardyce have come from their goalkeeper. He's level with Morgan Schneider. I mean, that is an absolute beauty of a fact. I did a little bit of research, um, which uh, links back to the question that we did at the beginning of the podcast. Um, Only five goalkeepers have scored in the Premier League. Who is the first? Do you know the answer? Yeah. Go on. Peter Schmeichel It was Peter Schmeichel Now for double points um, Who did he score against?
2: Well I, I did think United Because I thought I, I don't know whether he'd scored for United But it was uh, it was Aston Villa wasn't it? He scored, well he scored
0: for Aston Villa Against I think Everton hmm. Could have been Blackburn But I think it was Everton um, Can you name the other four goalkeepers
2: well, that was scored? Well I, I purposely didn't look this up So it's um, off the top of my head did, um, was, was it in the Premier League That Mart Poom scored? Or was that nope. in the Championship? I think Ooh. it might have be been the Championship but that is the best goalkeeper goal that ever scored. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Apart from the Peter Michael
0: goal that was disallowed, the overhead kick.
2: Yeah, that one as well. Yeah, um, Tim Howard. Tim Howard. Um, I don't know Paul Robinson. Yes, Paul
0: Robinson. Correct. Asmir Begovic. Asmir
2: Begovic. Now those three were from kicks slash clearances. Now that is a proper goal. That is a proper goalkeeper's goal. None, none, none of this it. none of this headers and close range efforts like that it's been sc- scraps in the box that is a proper so the,
0: goalkeeper's the, goal so those three scored from clearances or goal kicks the other two were um, Peter Schmeichel as we've already talked about and also Clara uh, I've <laughs> literally just got a text message from a girl called Clara I just decided to read out her name hey, Brad Friedel not Clara um,
2: <laughs> <laughs> a bit weird, isn't it?
0: I just looked down at my phone just saw I got a text message from the promoter of last night's gig from Clara saying thank you and I I decided that she had scored the fifth Premier League goal. So the two the two that have only scored in open play were Peter Schmeichel for Aston Villa and Brad Fiedel for Blackburn. So they're the only two that have scored as a result of corners. Now, I don't have the facts or time to figure out this this out, nor do I don't think anyone does. If goalkeepers going up for corners have resulted in goals just by them being there, because then all, all of a sudden it's literally 11 against 11, so yeah, yeah. you're outnumbering the opposition... But what are your thoughts just quickly on whether goalkeepers should go up for corners? Does it make a difference, do you reckon?
2: What you want to do in a lot of situations is create chaos and sort of disturb the thought processes. So if, if it goes up and it disturbs one of the, the people marking the uh, your strikers or your... your uh, the players who were more of a threat to in in their box, then it's it's worth doing. Yeah, I've, I think I've only done it twice. Once was um, for ball I went up, I won a header, Short flicked, flicked out. Uh, I might have had long sleeves mm-hmm. on. It was, but I think it was okay. probably a bit cool that time. Uh, and I got a touch on it with a header, and somebody half volleyed it in from the edge of the box. Oh, so you got an assist? So, got, so Did I got you get an assist. A,
0: an assist bonus?
2: No, I didn't. Because that wasn't that. any contract? I guess no. It? it was. Um, well, the thing, the thing was, though, I, I'd I'd come running out my box in the first half and gave a, gave them a goal, so it was kind of like repayment, really. Yeah, So I was okay. ma- making Quits. up for Rick. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Fair enough. And this, the first time I ever went up was at uh, Darlington. We were getting beat 1-0, and I ran up to, to the other end of the pitch to, to go for the corner, but the guy taking the corner, Glenn Naylor, didn't see me, so I got halfway and he took the corner. <laughs> so I'm just stood in the middle of the pitch and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and they broke and scored.
0: <laughs> so, so both games have been like great games. Yeah.
2: Oh. So, so I've, I've had at least I've had an effect on the on, on both YouTube? games. Is that on YouTube? No, I don't oh, think so.
0: No. I might speak to Darlington and see if they've got footage of it no. on a VHS from somewhere. <laughs> um, I just like it though when you see a goalkeeper go up because it's like there's a goalkeeper going up. It, oh, I love it. There's nothing. There's no greater sight than a goalkeeper going off for a corner, whether it makes a difference or
2: not. I had a manager who said every time he used to ask whether I'd go up, he'd just say after the game he'd always he'd always pull us aside and say, Look, if I wanted you up there, I would put the put you up there for the first corner <laughs> we took. So I'm not I don't want you up there. So it was it's a valid point, isn't it? Yeah it is, yeah.
0: Um right, last game is Arsenal versus Manchester City in the League Cup final. The battle of the reserve keepers, Chile versus Colombia. Um so, this was a talking point from a lot, for a lot of people before the game. The two goalkeepers that they played, Ospina and Bravo. Oh. Bravo. I used to call him Costa Bravo. Just because he's cost Costa a goal? Yeah. well, No, just because I'm stupid. All oh. right. Um, and I can't get his name right. Um, so, those are the two goalkeepers that got them to the final. A lot of people saying, if you get to a final and you want to be serious about winning silverware, do you then put your first-choice goalkeeper in? So then do you put Edison in, who arguably is a better goalkeeper at the moment? And do you go with Czech instead of Ospina? But then Ospina has obviously got them there. So what's your view on that, David Preece? Uh,
2: well, I think if you... If you're going to use uh, your, your second choice keeper to to give him games in in the likes of the League Cup or the FA Cup, you have to do it all the way. Yeah, and especially now it's a it's a big bargaining tool for to bring in the best quality keeper you can get, who's going to sit on the bench, because I uh, was we talking last night with a few goalkeeping coaches, a few uh, sort of goalkeeping coaches at Sunderland and, and um, in, in Newcastle, Simon Smith and, and Adrian Tucker, and it is it's difficult now especially for championship clubs, to to get very good goalkeepers, simply because a lot of the Premier League clubs, not only have they got good uh, second-choice keepers, they've got very good third-choice keepers, keepers who would ordinarily be playing sort of maybe bottom half of the Premier League and championship level. Now, they need to do that because they want the best squads yeah. and, and to ensure that they have the best possible uh, second-choice they can get like Romero at Man United like um like Ospina and and Bravo people uh, keepers who were first choice for their cup, uh, for their countries you've got them sitting on the bench and what you've got to do is you've got to guarantee them playing time you've got and especially at these clubs you know that you've got a great chance of getting far in all in yeah. all cup competitions especially League cup and FA cup so it could be uh, you know so you have to basically stick to your word and say yeah, exactly. If you're going to play you're going to play and and I think all that's the way to the end and what's happened in the past, I, I mean, I'm, I'd have to go back and look at this, but say if Arsenal played uh, the second choice keeper, then once it got to the serious part, maybe semi finals, finals, then Arsenal would put his first choice back in. Yeah. And I think that changed sort of, was it last year with Willie Caballero? Yeah. Or the year, no, it might be the year before when Joe Hart hadn't played all the games and Willie Caballero uh, came in and, and ended up being the hero, saving the penalties. And um, it was. In it, like, like I said before, it, it, in my mind, if you ha- if you promise a goalkeeper these games in League Cup, if they get to the final, you've you've got to play them because they they have earned their place in that final. Absolutely, and I,
0: I, I mean especially with Bravo winning those penalty shootouts the, the the way he did, he did a double save in the seventh minute. Um, I think it was just purely reaction with his body and then with his feet, um, which. I think it had Arsenal scored that it would have been a completely different game, but they didn't. Man City went on to easily win three 0 Now we play in the Premier League. I say we. I mean, I, I mean, I've got no part in it. Um, but the Premier League football teams play this European style of football where you play from the back and you see it now. Like the fullbacks come comes back and you play um, as though it's like a you know a set piece. Yeah. I mean, as opposed to the old lump it up to the number nine or number ten. But the first goal. Ironically, for Man City, was exactly that. An absolute hoof of a ball. Um, And then you've got one of the best strikers in the Premier League who just lobs the keeper. A lot of criticism coming in for Espina. Well, not a lot, but I guess he probably wasn't expecting it. Or was he?
2: Well, it was... um, It's probably the longest I've ever seen Claudio Bravo kick a ball, to be honest. And it, it is... I mean, like you said... They don't expect him to keep the ball no, long.
0: He was the first goalkeeper that was brought into um, the Premier League to play from the back, really. So he's the last keeper you expect to kick it that far
2: yeah and, and they were they were pressed The uh, opposition pressed the life out of them and put them under a lot of pressure and that's why Edison was brought in because he's got this booming left foot where he can hit 70 odd balls to yeah. to strikers and so he threatens you know if, if you're pressing up high you leave a lot of space in behind if you're pressing right up the halfway line like Arsenal did yesterday you're leaving a lot of space in behind now it's a goal kick you can't be offside from a goal kick and um there's uh, a lot of confusion uh, on Twitter about that, wasn't there? Yeah, uh, so like he plays a ball forward. It's two against three up front. So what they do because they've they've, they've dropped so deep, they leave a lot of space in front yeah. of Aguero. So if he wanted to, and Aguero wanted to come in front, he can so, drop, yeah. Yeah, you can drop it. Yeah, he could drop it in front of him there. But he plays the long ball and Mustafi. I mean, a centre half. All right, and, and some some referees might give it a foul, but he just. Raguel basically stands his ground. Mustafi can't see him behind him. And he just bumps him, slightly bumps into him, and then he just throws his hands up in the air and and, and gives up, which is not it's right not what you want. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is something that um you you'd never you never see a centre half playing for free kicks. And it came in about I don't know, but it was about fifteen years ago. I started seeing um when I was up in Scotland. It was uh, Hearts, uh, Stephen Presley, and Andy Webster. Right. They were they played centre halves for for Hearts, and. Any time the ball went up, and they threw up against a big centre forward, if, when they felt contact, they would just go down, and they always got free kicks because referees back then would think, "Oh well, if, the, gone down, if, if, if the big man's went down, yeah. he's a big centre off If he'd go down, it must be because he's been he's been fouled." Down, yeah. yeah, and they were just buying fouls, and it was you, you decide whether it's clever or whether it's cheating. But so now it's gone, it's gone totally a different way, way of thinking well. They shouldn't, be, you know, they shouldn't be looking for fouls in this situation. And you look at Ospina's uh part in this. He's high in his goal. He's at the edge of his box now. Where the ball's bouncing, if somebody gets a flick on, or uh, if Mustafi gets a flick on, or Agüero miscontrols it, he's there at the edge of the box. He's there. If the ball's going to bounce through, he gives himself the Cleaver best chance. Operation. Yeah, he gives yeah, him the best it. chance. But the ball, as it turns out, is that good, and it's right in Agüero's path. That's Spina can only retreat so far if he keeps going backwards he'll never get set yeah. so what you've got to do it's better to be set in the in a bad position than not set in a good position because then you know once you you stop you get yourself set ready for the shot you give you the best self, yourself the best chance of saving it yes he's a bit far from his line He does. he's not as far back as he probably would want to be and it, it makes it an easier finish for Aguero now maybe for not for a lot of players, it's not yeah. an easy finish, but for him it's an easy finish. I'd
0: be one of the best strikers in the Premier League for the last 15 yeah. years.
2: Yeah, and, and the ball sits up really nice nicely for him, so he just got lifted over him. Now, yeah. in th- like I said, in this position, it's a good starting position, the right starting position by Ospina, he retreats as much as he can until he can. He has to get set. If he doesn't get set, then he doesn't give himself a chance of saving any shot. And, um, and I think the, the criticism in that situation was really, really harsh.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, but he got one or two choices there, and he went for one, and it could have been the best choice ever. But you're facing Agüero, and he's he's just he's dinked it. Well, well, Great ball, and a, the best person on the end of that
2: ball. Yeah, exactly. And you're mean if you're going to blame anybody in situations? Mustafa you blame? Yeah, of course. Yeah. And if if he takes his second choice and he keeps retreating and he's not set, and Agüero just hits the ball, just volleys the ball to either side of him, and he can't react, he can't push off, he's still going backwards. Then that's not That's not a right decision either So I thought it was really harsh To criticise him Right, we need to wrap this up because this podcast has been
0: going on for four and a half days. Uh, What we'll do in the future, we've got uh, two little things called Performance of the Week and Save of the Week. In the future, we're going to put a poll out the day before, once all the games have been played, and then you guys will be able to vote as to who had the Performance of the Week and also Save of the Week. This week, though, Performance of the Week, I've got Hennessy down, even though he had had, a little blip at the end. Who have you gone for? Oh, do you know? What? I don't know.
2: You don't know. I don't. Can I do like a rollover? So like ne- next time, I, I, if I, I'm I, I can't really pick uh, pick anybody out. There wasn't one real outstanding performance this weekend. so I'm going to do a rollover. So whoever I pick next week will get sort of like double the acclaim.
0: That is absolutely fine, and I, I like that feature already. Um, save of the week. Now I have gone for it um, between Pope or Courtois. But I think I'm going to have to go for Courtois save. Because the way... I mean, it was an hard volley, and he tipped it over the top. He is tall, but, I mean, that's just an advantage,
2: isn't it? Well, I'll I'll go for Nick Pope. Nick Pope. Just because I I love... um, I know this is again it's a bit geeky well I was going to say it's a bit geeky but I mean if you listen to a goalkeeping podcast you're already in that you're, net, you're, like, in that, you're, you're an, an absolute net, exactly, nerd yeah. welcome but to the club I just love how he stays square on all the time you never see him diving backwards and he's um, and he covers because of this he covers a hell of a lot of distance when he's diving and that ball is going right inside oh. the post now yeah I think Coach is a great save and it's he's tipping Thank the you. ball over it might have even just been hitting the bar I think with, with Nick Pope's, I think it's. A, I think that's a better say for me.
0: Um a feature we got should have, should have done better of the week, should have done better of the week. Now this obviously could have gone to either Jack Butland or Asmir Begovic, um, but. Doing the rounds this week is a video. It was Duisburg goalkeeper Mark Flecken, 24-year-old Dutchman, who was having a drink from a bottle inside his goal. He then turned around just as the opposition striker was slotting that ball home. Worst possible time to have a drink. And then at the end, he basically looked like a goalkeeper on FIFA that has had a glitch. He just looked. He was about three foot behind the line. Didn't know what the hell was going on. And it's been it's been doing the rounds. So I, personally, I think it has to go to him this week. It,
2: it It has to be, and it's it's a great lesson for young goalkeepers never to switch off. Because I mean, you see the situation. He assumes his team's scored. Yeah, and. Um, so he goes about a goal, takes a drink, obviously, and he's waiting for the to, for the restart. But he doesn't realise that the goal's been disallowed, and in, in the restart from their from the run penalty box, and in this situation, the biggest mistake he's made, I think, is that he hasn't started blaming the defender who tried to pass it back to him, the one who tried to head it back to him, simply because then it looks, it, it's, it's. it's it's a great tool in your uh, in your bag that if you can try and deflect blame as uh, the earliest possible...
0: Even if you are having a drink three foot behind the line.
2: Yeah, exactly. Just I go mean, for it. Yeah, exactly. And, and then even if you convince half a dozen people that, OK, well, it might have been the defender's fault, you know, then you've, <laughs> you've done a good job, haven't you?
0: Um, I think that is all we're going to have time for today because we have been doing this, as I say, for, for about, about 17 hours. So uh, we're going to end it there. We've had a lot of questions in. Thank you very much if you've started following the Twitter account already. Do tweet us any questions. We'll try and answer them uh, next week. In the following weeks, we've got guests in. Tweet us in suggestions for guests. Tweet in whether you think you should be wearing long or short sleeve shirts. Just tweet us in anything really. And if you do follow the account, you're in with a chance of winning a copy of FIFA 18. Um, any final messages that you want to um, kind of like uh, part with?
2: No, I'm just excited for for what's going to come in the next few weeks. And yeah, absolutely. Uh, and and I'm never more excited than when I'm talking about goalkeeping I know and
0: just to be in a room with a goalkeeper I mean you must be chuffed (laughs) Uh, just a bit so yeah tweet us and suggestions follow us um, just be nice to everyone uh, and we'll see you again very soon thanks for listening this has been the number one podcast we'd like to say goodbye goodbye and goodbye